How's it going, Orange County? We are here to talk about a rather uneventful weekend that saw Orange County grab one point on the road on the East Coast in Charleston and uh, preview what's coming up for this weekend. And yes, Brad, I did change the music last weekend or last episode, but it's back to the normal one this time. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club its fans and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I am going to take you through this journey, this simple journey this week. I mean, I feel like the last few weeks we've had so much to cram into episodes and it's going to be a very uh, difficult task of feeling a full hour talking about Orange County Soccer Club. But I got the four guy or the three other guys that are going to help us do that in this episode. Uh, first, let me welcome him in from Counterline Coalition. We've got Dylan, Dylan from Counterline Coalition. How are you doing uh, on this what, Tuesday evening, Dylan? I forgot what it day is. It. Yeah, it is in fact a Tuesday evening. Um, I'm not bad. I'm I'm pretty well. I'm enjoying the cooler weather here. Um, I'm looking forward to a Friday night that should be pretty pretty entertaining. Yeah, the weather uh, today was interesting here in Orange County area. I know, uh, especially Brad probably won't have any idea of what the weather was like. Alan might have a little bit of a closer idea. Uh, but it actually was, there was a few drops of, of water coming from the sky as I walked my youngest son to school this morning, which I was not prepared for. Um, and speaking of the guy down in San Diego who may have, may or may not have had similar weather, we got Alan down in San Diego. Alan, how are you doing uh, today? What up? Yeah, it rained this morning on the way to work, which was brilliant. I love it. I can, I will live with a little bit of rain. Um, obviously, we can talk about rain, but, uh, you know, thoughts and all that stuff with our, our some of our friends in, in Louisiana uh, with the, the stuff that they went through this weekend. Had a friend down, uh, have a couple friends live out there that nurses that stayed behind. Uh, there was a shift to take over after the hurricane. Uh, so there's lots to uh, be thankful for, for when, it, when it rains in Southern California. Uh, but just remember, rain isn't always a great thing. Um, but, you know, sending our thoughts to the people who are going through a lot of those shenanigans right now in Louisiana. Um but yeah, things are going all right down here in San Diego. It's lovely, and we had to talk about a another important road point for Orange County. Yeah, uh, thoughts go out to the people uh, on that whole Gulf area that got impacted. Uh, but let's move on to Orange County Soccer Club uh, talk. And one last person got to bring on up in Reno who has been dealing with smoke like crazy for the last what month or two. That's uh, Brad up in Reno. Brad, how are things? Is the is the air getting any better for you up there? So, uh, I don't know how science works, but with the uh, Dixie fire north of me and the Caldor fire that just uh, forced the evacuation of uh, South Lake Tahoe, um, somehow we've had blue skies today here in Reno. Um, we had for a little bit uh, the winds push west, which made all the smoke go to um, Sacramento, you know, where they've kind of been suffering, and now it's starting to point back towards us. Uh, but you never know. Uh, right now I'm just enjoying my blue skies. I sat outside in the backyard for the first time since mid July because it was too smoky. And what's up to anyone that's listening to us on the live stream. Uh, I, I know we have a few viewers listening to us. We appreciate that. Share your comments on anything we discuss here and, uh, we, we will try and share them. I mean, we got already got a podcast title recommendation or a subtitle i don't know i don't know how science works and uh, obviously most of us don't maybe alan does because he's a teacher although a music teacher so i don't know <laughs> if they really know science uh but uh yeah and uh you got some love from 
our, our listener out in San Antonio, Brad Hope all is, is in, well in the Reno area. Hope all is well for anyone everywhere in the world. Hope, uh, you know, anything that's troubling you goes away rather soon. Let's get into this. Let's get into the orange County soccer club talk though. Uh, you know, the big, the big news or the biggest, one of the big excitements when we saw the schedule released was orange County making a trip out to the East coast, going out to Charleston, uh, two of the original teams from the modern era of USL soccer meeting each other. And a lot of people marked on the calendar. A lot of USL fans probably marked it on the calendar uh, to see this match. And, you know, both teams going into this are, are fighting for something. So it's not like you have two teams in this match or any team in this match that's sort of struggling and sort of already giving up on the season. Uh, Orange County travels all the way out to Charleston. Uh, we learn on the broadcast that it wasn't a direct fr flight for the players. They actually lay, uh, flew into Atlanta, had about a three-hour layover, and then flew to Charleston. So if you do the math there, I, we did science now, it's math time. That's about an eight-and-a-half-hour uh, travel, not including the time you have to get to the airport at probably John Wayne and wait for an hour or two before your flight leaves, and then you get to Charleston. I don't know how big that airport is, but who knows how long it takes to get out of that airport uh, and get to your hotel room. So and from all things that I know, the travel was on Friday. So right the day before the match, I believe that's when the club typically travels. So I'm going to go straight to this with you guys before we even talk about the match. Is that already setting up Orange County in a very bad side when it comes to having to do that type of travel the day before a match? Uh, and did you see that impact the players at all on the pitch? I'm going to go to you first, Dylan. Absolutely. Um, I mean, best case scenario, it's a 2,500-mile trip and uh when you're not on a jet i mean I, I would have to lay over a map of the united states over europe but that you know it's probably like flying from liverpool to somewhere in poland or something like it's it's a long time and it's a long time to be stuck on a flight with however many other people are on planes these days i, I don't know i haven't flown in a while but uh those are brutal when you don't have to play a game a day or two later let alone, uh, you know, being asked to perform at this level. Oh, I, I are you done with it, Dylan? You yeah, sort of just ended like it, it almost sounded like you were going to say more and then you just stopped. So I didn't know. No, that was a it was a complete sentence and thought, I think. Maybe it wasn't um, time in the comments. <laughs> and, and I apologize. Maybe they did travel on Thursday. Someone, one of our listeners said that their son heard that the team traveled on Thursday, regardless uh, traveling, making that type of trip. That's probably a good 10 hours of your, of a day traveling to Charleston, South Carolina, uh, you know, is going to be difficult, whether it's a day or two before the match. Let me go to you, Alan. What are your thoughts on that type of travel? Uh, and uh, is there anything the players could <laughs> do to be ready for a match after that type of travel and being in a different time zone and all that fun stuff? Yeah, it's uh, it's not it's not fun. Um, Liverpool to Moscow is by driving 2,011 miles. So uh, you know we're we're giving ourselves some context. By the crow flies, it's 1,600 miles from Liverpool to Moscow. So just kind of putting that in perspective, um, so you can draw yourself a map. Um, yeah, I oof, this is a question I've asked when San Diego was traveling those four matches, um, you know, four away games in a row. And, you know, the coaching staff is like, hey, we, we, we have an idea how to, to, to build practice. We have an idea how to keep the guys, you know, hydrated and healthy. But still, like, the toll that your body takes from traveling is incredible. Uh, and these athletes are, you know, peak, uh, peak physical fitness. Um, they're like Ferraris and any little tweak here and there, it can really mess them up, right? Uh, so I've, I know I'm miserable, like, just flying to Denver and back let alone cross-continental, uh, probably, you know, your legs are getting a little stiff. Uh, you get a little tired. You have the jet lag. You have the time change. Like, it's difficult to travel in the best circumstances, uh, let alone a, a quick trip across from west to east. So this has got, you know, you you saw this happen with, with Phoenix traveling to Tampa Bay and not playing that well. Um, Traveling back east is not something that a lot of these teams are, are built for either. It's not like something they do on a regular basis where they have, you know, regiments set up ahead of time. But, you know, you, you know the club's going to do the best they can to get the players ready. But even with the amount of preparation, it's, you know, it's tough on the body. Uh, so, yeah, it's not, I, not fun. But I, I thought they handled the trip well. Uh, and I think we're going to get into talking about the, the game a little bit. But I, I thought that they um, represented pretty well. 
let me go to you, Brad, because you're originally, I think, from that neck of the woods uh, of the country, or at least you've lived in that neck of the woods of the country uh, in the past. What is it like to get, I know, yeah, North Carolina. I know. That's why I said neck of the woods. I didn't say specifically South Carolina. Oh, no, I wasn't uh, like contradicting you or anything. I was just saying, yeah, I lived in oh, North you're Carolina. Pointing your That's scarf. the neck of the woods. There um, you go. Yeah, no, um, that flight is exhausting, um, mostly because most times if you're traveling from uh, west to east, you're either leaving really early in the morning and getting there late in the afternoon, or you're doing a red-eye flight. Um, so both suck. Uh, there's, you know, going three hours east or three hours time change um, is just hard on the body. Uh, so... You know, the players, I thought, had a really good showing based on that. You know, I thought they controlled most of the game, too. So let's let's talk about this game, because luckily for Orange County, it, Charleston looked like they had traveled, you know, some two, 3,000 miles for this match. They didn't look like they were the home team, I guess, for most of it. Uh, it was a very evenly matched game. I know Charleston had a few opportunities that probably uh, we lucked out on. Uh, as Orange County, Orange County, I mean, wasn't the greatest match ever, but we've talked about in this past, anytime you can go on on the road and at least get a point on the road, that should feel like a victory. And when you're traveling that extra distance that you're not used to, and you come, come home with the one point, uh, and now coach Richard Chaplow is what four points in two matches as the head coach of the club. So they're off to a good start with that. Uh, what what would you make of the performance for both Orange County and Charleston? And do you think the results was an accurate result, Dylan? Yes, I think it's a fair result. I think both teams are pretty wasteful with what they created. Um, Orange County had, I mean, the majority of the ball um, and and took a, I think it was like something like 15 or 16 shots, but like when you're not putting most of those on frame, Brad's trying to tell me, I think it's 16 shots. Uh, look at that. If you're not putting most of those on frame, it's kind of waste. And that's not to take anything away. Um, the one that perhaps sticks out most in my mind is Calvillo's uh, attempt from 20 yards out pretty late on. Um, and I, I don't want to fault him for that because I think that's the right decision at that point. I think if you try and bring it down and get a touch, you find that the space in front of you has disappeared. But it didn't seem all that different from what we've seen in the past, but there are a lot of positives to take away from that. The one that we've talked about already, traveling across the country and picking up a point on the road. Um, Thomasina Volson's return is probably another big one. I guess those are the two biggest ones for me. What about you, Alan? Yeah, oh, yeah. go ahead, Dylan. I didn't know no, I didn't know that time if you're done. Now you see well, you're tricking me on this episode, Dylan. You stopped you the first me. time and you're done, and now you do this long, like 20-second pause, making me yeah. think you're done this time. Well, you stared at me, so I was like, did I not fully answer the question? I'm, I'm I wasn't staring at you. This is my I, new thing. I never stare at you, Dylan. Um, Alan, you're your lost. thoughts on the performance from these two teams, and is it an accurate result? Uh, I mean yeah, anytime you go on the road and get a, a, a point against, you know, a team like Charleston, I know they're playing a little bit of a down year this year, but you still got to feel really good about that, uh, particularly all, after all the drama that Orange County has gone through over the past couple of weeks. Um, you know, Ronaldo had a really nice opportunity as well that I thought, you know, he, he didn't quite hit the way he wanted to hit. Um, but we've seen that, right? The ball kind of finds him. He flicks it toward goal. Usually it goes in, but this time it just didn't. I think this is just one of those Orange County played well. I don't think anyone you can point out anyone that said they had a, a poor game. They all had a pretty good game, just they really couldn't take advantage of their opportunities. Uh, and that's kind of been, you know, we, we've seen this one from Orange County before in the past where it just, you know, things didn't click uh, uh, in the six yard box, but everything else seemed to work really well building up to that, to that part. Um, maybe just not as clinical as they have been in the past. Uh, where they, you know, with Orange with against San Diego, where they kind of packed the box and really put a lot of pressure and ended up getting some balls to bounce in when they when they needed them to. It just didn't come off. Um, so it wasn't, I don't think they played tired. It's just they played good, but not good enough to win. 
Um, let me go to you, Brad. Uh, anything that either side of, could have done better to get the full three points in your mind? Um, Besides the obvious answer of score goal. N- yeah, of course. Um, you know, I felt like both sides in this game were kind of playing, you know, defensively, counterattackingly, looking to uh, take chances. Um, Charleston Battery did score, but was called off sides once. Um, you know, so that was a lucky call for Orange County. I don't think Orange County really could have done anything better. Um, I, I don't quite know. Uh, it's nice to see players like, uh, Anna Voldson back though. And with this game, you know, we finally had a full bench that we could take and use, uh, not, not only with Anna Voldson coming back, but with the signings of mines and, uh, powers, is it mines? Um, with the signings of both of them, we kind of have a full roster that we can pull from now, you know, and that only gets better once when you have, uh, uh, arrow marketing and other players start coming back from injury. Hopefully Seth gets simply too. So, you know, orange County has just continued to get healthy, uh, and showings like that will just come naturally over time. Yeah. To point out. Oh, go ahead. I'm gonna hop in. Dylan pointed out like why you don't always take an extra touch, and it just shows that Charleston battery opportunity early where they just took a little too many t- touches, tried to put it on the proper mm-hmm. foot, and nothing came of it. Uh, and then I do also want to say I think Nick uh, Kaningas uh, can um, get some practice. Uh, he can be a future WWE star uh, by how he uh, was kind of manhandled, but also uh, took the fall really, really well to avoid any injury in that in that uh, instance. Well, and he sold it to get the the opposing player the red card. I mean, he sold uh, a shot to the head uh, that, when you watch the replay, probably was not a shot to the head. Uh, but that's I mean, we, we've talked to Rob in the past, and I think Miko sort of has that same mentality when you're out on the pitch, right? Is you're trying to get into the head uh, or get in, get you know get on the opponent's nerves and just make them do something to you. Uh, I was watching uh, an episode. Uh, one of the latest episodes of Ted Lasso and you see one of the characters told to do that and no exactly spoilers. what happens. No, I'm, I'm not giving any spoilers. You're, I'm, I'm, I'm being very generic with it, but you know, w- someone tells one of the players on, uh, was it Richmond to get under the skin of the opposing team and does just that. And it, it looked almost exactly what we saw from Kaningas in this match. Uh, let's talk about the controversial uh, call that l- took away a potential uh, opportunity for Orange County to get a goal. Uh, it's uh, a breakaway for Ronaldo Damas, and it's basically one on one with the goalkeeper. He, we, we saw what a few weeks back where he tried to shoot around the goalkeeper and it goes wide. This time he tries to take that extra touch to get around the keeper. The ball gets past the keeper. Uh, some contact with Ronaldo, uh, and the keeper's the last line of defense, which typically in soccer. If you foul someone as the last line of defense, it is an automatic red card, regardless if you're a goalkeeper. No foul given. Is the ref giving no foul because they know at that point you have to give a red card if you give the foul? And was Orange County robbed on that, Dylan? Uh, you can't deny that there wow. was – you can't say there was no contact. There yeah. was contact. I think – wow, this is – Right, but that has to be the thinking. If if the only reason you don't give any kind of foul there is because if you give the foul, you're going to have to give a red card. So is the ref trying to? We we see this all the time, right? You try to, you know, take care of certain players, and goalkeeper is one of those players you sort of look the other way for from time to time when there's contact. Is is that a situation here? I think it is. Um, I think a lot of refs at this level don't want to get. Uh, or to give a red card, excuse me, and get a kind of like a poor grade um, at the end of the night. Uh, that is a bold decision. It's one that makes you either hated or loved, and it's usually hated. Um, we've seen keepers like, I mean, just kicks to the chest that have gotten away with it in the past. We've seen kind of ghost touches. I I don't blame the ref for not going for it in the situation um i don't know i mean it feels like we're robbed right because if we get a pen we probably get three points out of this match but 
in all honesty, it probably wouldn't have been a penalty. It would have been a free kick outside of the box, but you're taking away the number one goalkeeper for Charleston uh, and bringing in someone that probably wasn't planning on Playing. doing anything tonight yeah. or that night, right? And, you know, hopefully that unsettles the team a little bit. But at the same time, um, Orange County's played enough against 10 men in the last few seasons to know it generally doesn't go all that well. So I wonder, like, so we're lucky that the red me, card wasn't showed there. Yeah. I wonder how much for me, I'm thinking, you know, what? actually I'm just kind of happy that, <laughs> that we didn't have to worry about it. Um, Cause that's usually how it goes for us. Alan, if, uh, Oh, Brad, go for it. Brad wants if, to come in. Go if for we it. had VAR, I think it might've been given, but like you don't, necessarily want to affect the game too much as a referee especially like dylan says at division two level um they just kind of sent out a tweet saying hey we want to unionize Uh, you know these are kind of demands that we want um you're not going to see them acting out too much right now so let me go to you really quick alan um yep you know again we talked about the goalkeeper sometimes gets the benefit of the doubt on these calls uh, especially being the last line of defense if you call a foul it's going to be a red card Uh, but hasn't Ronaldo done enough now where he's proven that he's one of the top talents in this league now and he's one of the best scorers in this league and shouldn't he be getting the benefit of the doubt on some of these calls now um I don't necessarily think that anybody is like big leaguing somebody or not big leaguing somebody um I don't necessarily think player oh I think some players get the lack of benefit of the doubt more than they get a benefit of that. Like NBA, I think is that's the the go-to is like your stars might get some fouls that other people don't. I, I think maybe there's some folks with reputations that maybe get called fouls that don't shouldn't be, aka uh the Grant Stoneman first yellow against Orange County. Um Grant Stoneman has said that maybe they think he's he plays with an edge and he might get some cards. I think Caningas is in that same vein where I think they kind of expect uh, him to play with a little bit of an edge, so maybe there's a little bit of a shorter fuse. I, I think there's there's two things about this. One is there's a penalty against San Diego that I think was just as kind of questionable as this, and they got the penalty. Sacramento did. I, I think with with this one in Orange County, I think the 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 question is is does the goalie pull out of the challenge and try to avoid the contact, uh, and thus maybe that's what the ref sees is that. You know, the goalie's tr- moving up to make a play on the ball. Uh, but at the last moment, he realizes Damas is going to get by him and he pulls out of the challenge. And so the ref is like, he doesn't actually go in like he's challenging. Um, you end up, he ends up getting pulled from the game anyway, right? The, the Charleston goalkeeper is injured or does he stay in the game? I know he took a little bit of a he knock. Stayed. And maybe he that was like an embarrassment knock. Like, oh, I done messed up and I'm going to like pretend like I'm injured. So maybe there's a little bit of a pity party there. I think this is a tough one because it's clearly a break. The referee's not in a great position to necessarily make the best call. And I think he sees the goal, the goalkeeper try to pull out of it a little bit uh, and maybe gets him, gives him the benefit of the doubt. But you're right. It's not a pen. Um, it, it's maybe a yellow card. Yeah, I think that's a tough one because the goalie is like stepping out of the way. He doesn't leave a leg in. He doesn't go. Well, you can't say maybe challenge. card in this situation, Alan, because if the foul is no. called, is the last line of defense on a goal scoring opportunity. It's going to be an automatic red. But isn't a goal scoring opportunity? It. What's the I definition believe, of a goal scoring opportunity. And also, I believe, at least based on what I, I don't have the rules in front of me, but it's and also isn't it only a red if he's not trying to play the ball? No, if, if it's if it's a foul on a goal scoring opportunity, it's a red. If he's trying to play the ball, it's yellow. It's only a red. I don't know. Taking... We'll have to look at. I think Brad's trying we'll to look, look up and up. see if he Go can find some up. information on this. If he's trying to play it, make a play. Oh on no, the he's ball. not. He doesn't care about that. Um, I think if he's trying a... to make a play on the ball, because there is no like last defender. I think it's if he's trying to make. Well, a play he, on the ball. in that instance, the goalkeeper is the last defender. Right. And by all means, anyone listening any... to this that watches soccer, comment on yeah. this. What you know about this rule? I, I'm almost. I, I'll bet money, Alan. I'll bet money with you right now that in that instance, if the goalkeeper fouls the player in that type of situation. That's considered last line of defense. The foul is going to result in the red card. I don't I think, think we can make any argument for a different card. I can. If he's going for the ball and makes a play on the ball and, it, and he fouls him, I think it's different than if he goes Dylan, who's right. player without making the play on the ball. That's what I'm going to say. Number two, I, I do think the goalie stays on his feet and tries to avoid the challenge. And I think that's what the ref sees when he says, hey, I'm not going to give this as a foul. Orange County can be too, totally 
totally pissed off that they feel like they should have gotten a call. Uh, but again, it's not really a pen, so it might not change anything. But yeah, Orange County should feel hard done. Charleston should be happy with that call. Um, I think, you know, we're allowed to have those emotions. I, I would like to give the benefit of the doubt to the referee that that's probably the right call. But Orange County can still be mad at him. So I let me just say this, and I'll let Al, uh, Dylan make the final uh, call in here. A, a good little debate. I I went and googled. I don't know how reliable this site I'm looking at right here, but I'm reading from sportspundit.com. In football, which is referencing soccer, the term "last man" refers to a situation wherein the attacking player owns the ball and is faced with one opposing defender standing between him and the goal. If the defender commits a foul against the attacking player, a red card is given as a penalty. I mean, again, I don't know how legit sports punted it, but it's the number one result that comes up on my Google search right now. When Dylan, was that written? The rule, I think the rule has just been changed recently. Uh, you and your when was that written in rules? I don't know. Go go check up. I gave you. you how dare you? I, I, I gave you the, you know, where it came from. You can go look it up yourself if you need to. Um, Dylan, who, who's Ray, the winner of this argument? I, I don't know the most recent iteration, so my apologies for that. But I believe previously you could get a yellow um, for denial of goal scoring opportunity if you were attempting to play the ball. So unless it was like egregious, like handball you just um Luis can i can i jump Felipe in really Fernandez, quick dylan as a dude in the face um, can i jump in really quick dylan yeah, really sure. quick cuz i'm going to go i'm going to get you something now from proreferee.com which i believe the proreferees.com where a player denies the opposing team a goal or an obvious goal scoring opportunity by Oh, this is, says handball offense. So sorry, I was reading something completely wrong. I apologize. That's Keep okay. going dylan. Reading is really hard. Um it is. Out. It is hard. Yes, yeah, more out, gents. I mean, really, no. Um, I I really don't remember what it is, but it's it's like a weird part of it varies on okay. like if you're in the box or not. And then the other Keep thing is if you're actually trying to play the ball, they are more lenient with you. And the whole thing is that the other team is not being rewarded like two or three times over by your keeper getting sent off, uh, a penalty being awarded. I guess it would only be two times over. Um, I think like BA, future, BA what is it? BA County, who's uh, listening live on YouTube, is saying red outside the box, yellow in the box. Let me read another thing from, another thing from proreferees.com. Denying a goal or an obvious goal scoring opportunity to an opponent whose overall movement is towards the offender's goal by an offense punishable by a free kick is the denial of a goal scoring opportunity and thus a red card. So in this instance, it's the last defender denying a goal scoring opportunity. And if a foul's called, it's a red card. Short and simple um, on that. I, I don't want to m- take the but rest hear of the discussion. Just to show it. how down. complicated this rule is, if I am three yards, three yards off the end line running towards goal and the keeper comes out and tries to force me out um, and then kind of realizes, like, last second, oh, I'm actually going to take this guy out and kind of pulls out of the challenge. Um, and there's still a little bit of, you know, and I fall. Is that a goal scoring opportunity? Because who's going to shoot and put it on frame from three yards off the end line? You know, so it's like a, it's a dumb, it's a really complicated situation. It's, here. it's an obvious scoring opportunity. If you are on the end line and you do it's not have a realistic, it. you do not have a realistic chance of scoring, I bet you most times it's not going to get called unless you have one referee really is having a bad day. Like he woke oh. up on the wrong side of his bed. Uh, he tried making coffee and the grinds got into the uh, actual product. One of those types of days. Yeah. I don't like, want to um, be too harsh on Orange County here, but in the ref's defense, we put like 10 shots right at the keeper or just lie to the post. So this is, I mean, it's probably the right decision here. Just to kind of let it go. Kind of let it go, man, Dylan. We can't let it go. Just, um, you're gonna get the rat involved or the mouse involved, and we can't do that. Let me let me just let me just say one more thing again. This is from the pro referees website, right? Um, you know, location and number defenders is taken into consideration with the denial of a goal scoring opportunity. If there is uh, no more than one defender and the goalkeeper is considered a defender present when the offense occurs, normally this indicates a goal scoring opportunity was denied. If there is more than one defender, then there's other things you consider. So again, 
the fact that there's no foul called here is the only reason I can say there's no foul call here is because at that point, the referee, which is part of pro referees would have to give the red card. And I don't think he wanted to give the red card in that situation on there. And look at that BA County. Thomas was obviously going to score. So, I mean, it, it was simple and sweet, Alan. You're wrong. It was a denial of a goal-scoring opportunity and thus should have been a red card because it was out of the box. The rules do state if it's in the box, it's a yellow also, and a penalty kick. So, there is also a defender right by the foul when it happens. So maybe there's also an issue of, yes, he was the last defender, but you can make an argument that uh, as he plays the ball wide, the defender could get to that ball. But I think the inside the box, outside the box is correct. So I might have been misremembering the inside versus the outside of playing the ball. Bark, bark, bark. Um, for those of you listening, Ray has left, left the building. building. He's, he's returning. I, I have not left. I had to fix the, uh, the green screen that we have here. Um, yeah, the, the, if there's another defender in there, they have to be able to realistically be part of that play. So if they're on the side or trailing, that's not part of that last line of defense. Um, let's give our final thoughts on this match because we spent way too much time arguing about that. But again, this would have been a great opportunity for Orange County to pick up the full three points. Any last thoughts on this match before we move on? Points count the same no matter how you get them. Perfect. And three points would have been a lot nicer than one point, but Hey, one point is better than zero points. That's great there. Um, with that match, our prediction contest, there was only one person in this contest that got any points this week. And that's because they predicted the correct outcome. They predicted a draw and that was Alan. Alan picked up, picked up four points. The rest of us all thought there was going to be some goals scored in this match with uh, orange County coming out victorious. And obviously none of that happened. So uh, with the results, I'm still way in last place now. I'm 11 points behind Allen, who's in third place. Uh, Allen is eight points behind Brad, who's in second place. And Brad's 10 points behind Dylan, who's in first place. So, man, I have almost half the points Dylan has at this point of the season. That's And we're like two-thirds of the way through this. So I have to do a lot of great predictions here to wrap up the season if I'm going to have any uh, possibility of catching Dylan there. We have a big thing coming up, or Orange County has a big thing coming up this Friday, the next home match. It's a match at home against El Paso Locomotive. Oh, and it is also a beer fest. I don't know uh, if uh, that's enticing you, Brad, to make the trip down to Orange County to go get some beer tasting, or if, Alan, you're going to come up north. I think Dylan will be there. Uh, I'm pretty certain he'll be there. I don't know if you're partaking in beer fest, Dylan, are you? No, um, I'm actually going to be down towards Allen's neck of the woods earlier in the oh, day. Oh, so you're not so even going there. to the match. No, no, no. I'm just not going to make it back in time for Beer Fest. Ah, okay. But I will be so, so I'm sorry. So everyone. let's talk about let's talk about this match. Um, really quick, let's talk about Orange County's upcoming schedule because this match is going to be the first of four out of five home matches, which is a great place to be before we hit that really tough last stretch of the season here, right? So they're going to be hosting El Paso, then they're going to host Las Vegas, go on the road to Phoenix, and then host Oakland and Phoenix uh, to wrap up that five game stretch. Um, El Paso is currently sitting top of the mountain division. So it's a tough, tough opponent. They have just as many points at this point as Phoenix has uh, with one game in hand. So think about, you know, Phoenix is, we, we all know Phoenix really well here as Orange County fans. El Paso is a little bit more difficult because you don't face those teams as much, but we're trying to put it in perspective there, right? El Paso is probably just as, qual uh, has just as much quality as a Phoenix does at this point uh, of the season. Are we worried about this match, Dylan, or will Richard Chaplow continue his unbeaten streak uh, in the third match of his head coaching career with Orange County? We do have to be worried. Um, like you just said, El Paso is a really good side, and I think they're... I feel like some people are really hot on them, and others just kind of forget they exist, um, which is disappointing, but this is a team that held... Uh, Orange County to a nil-nil draw at the very first match of the 2020 season before the end of the world. Um, this is an El Paso team that has, I think, one of the best, if not the best, goalkeeper in the league mm -hmm. um, starting just about every match, except for when he gets loaned to MLS sides. Um, this is an El Paso side that has, like, a 19-year-old just tearing it up in Diego Luna... There's Dylan Mara's just behind him. 
Um, somehow Yuma is still playing. I thought in 2019 it was kind of the, the twilight for him, but he's turned it around and, and that midfield, I want to say three, even though they've done like a 4-4-2 diamond, has been really good. Um, but this is a team that can score goals and really trouble defenses. So they're going to be up for it in this one. It's probably not a match you're going to see like Kobe Henry in. Um, this is a match that, you know, 95th minute and there's a corner for El Paso. Everyone's coming back, and it's got to be, it's got to be a complete performance if we're going to get something from it. So El Paso is coming in uh, off of a loss to San Antonio on the road. Now they have to travel to Orange County, uh, so they're the road team coming off a road loss. Orange County is coming off the road, but they got at least a result on the road in Charleston. Uh, is any of that a positive for Orange County heading to this, and does that give them a little bit of hope or advantage uh, against a tough El Paso team, uh, Alan? Uh, I mean, I, I think the biggest issue here with Orange County is their home. Um, their home form is one of the worst in the Pacific. Um, contrary to the USL broadcasts from the last Orange County home match against Tacoma, where they said Orange County is really good at home. Uh, that just hasn't been the case this season. And so I think this is going to be a really important test for Orange County to not only try to defend their home against a, a quality opponent in El Paso, um, but eesh, yeah, locomotive is fine on the road, but orange County, like you said, the really four, four home matches, I would rather have four road matches the way that orange County's been playing on the road lately, four points in two games. Like that's essentially a home record as opposed to a road record. Um, orange County. So maybe what, what out, we're yeah. saying, Alan. Maybe what we're saying, maybe we can do some sort of thing like that. Remember that old TV show, Wife Swap? We can maybe do Stadium yep. Swap with San Diego. Yeah. San Diego yeah. can come play up here at Championship Stadium, and we'll go down to Torero Stadium, and maybe we'll see how the results go. Maybe yeah, that'll I help mean, San Diego, too, because San Diego's been struggling a little bit as well. Yeah, I mean, that's I I think mixing it up is always nice. Um, but, yeah, I think Orange County needs to kind of reestablish, you know, Orange County of being a tough place to play. Uh, and a place that you kind of have some dominance because you look at a team like Locomotive who haven't lost at home. Um, that's what you want to be at home. That's the ideal. But Orange County, this is their chance to turn around. It's kind of the last third of the season. And you want to go, if you're going to be a home playoff team, which is like your goal, I think, for Orange County, you have you have to win at home. Like You have to start winning at home. Otherwise, maybe third place isn't that bad for Orange County. They can go on the road and do some damage on the road. So I, I think this is like multi-layered importance, right? You got Chaplow's kind of first home match, uh, which is going to be huge. You got the team trying to rediscover the home form, which is going to be huge. You got essentially what could be a playoff matchup, right? Orange County could end up fourth. El Paso is probably going to end up first. That's a that's a legitimate playoff, if not the first, first round, round matchup, definitely yeah. the second round. Like you're probably going to see El Paso in the playoffs if you want to make it far enough. This is like this is like a three-layered, four-layer cake, and I'm going to eat it all up because it's going to be delicious. I think it's going to be Orange County is going to come out. Hopefully, going to come out hot and want to and want to play well for Chaplo. And uh, I think with uh, you know against a really tough opponent, and hopefully it won't be a nil-nil snooze fest like it was uh, <laughs> the last time Orange County hosted uh, El Paso. Was that so? A let me go to you really. It was kind of whatever. <laughs> it was it was sloppy. It wasn't a snooze fest. It was just a little bit sloppy. Okay, that's there right. we go. There we go. That's maybe a better a better phrase or better word to use there. Let me go to you, Brad. So we saw the return of Enavoltson uh, in Charleston. So more than likely, we will see him partake in this match. Uh, you also have Seth Casibli, who I believe is scheduled to return for this match as well for Orange County. Um, probably won't start, but you may get to see an appearance for him, which will be a a, a nice return for the club. Uh, you know, and there's other players that are starting to get back into form and back into shape, and we're going to start seeing return to the, the club. Uh, you know, great opportunity for them at this point. Are any of those players that are returning, like an Enavoltson or Casibli, going to play a big part for Orange County in this match, or do you think one of the other players that have been more consistent with the team are going to be the, the stars on this match? Um, I personally don't see either of those players uh, making a huge you, you know, unless they come off the bench, I, I imagine both uh, Anna Voltson and Kasipli, if they do play, are both coming from the bench in this game. Uh, just because, you know, when it comes to rehab, you you don't just jump in. You kind of have to take your time, you know. Darwin Jones still hasn't really played bulk minutes yet. Um, and that's someone that's also been coming back healthy recently. Um, if you 
want more production from this game, you need to have players like Damas find the find the back of the net again. Uh, I I think it's been. I mean, obviously he didn't score last week, but I don't remember if he did score against uh, San Diego the game prior. Um, yeah, he did. But you know, as long as he continues to find the back of the net. Um, he's the player that's had the most success for Orange County this season. And if you don't have him showing up in this game, I don't really see anybody who's going to stand up to this uh, tough El Paso matchup this this upcoming Friday. All right, so before we get to our match predictions, I have one question. I mean, simple answer for each of you. Uh, Who's starting in this match? Is it Enavolson or is it Akoli? Dylan. Akoli. Alan. I mean, is there, is that, can they, could I say both? Sure. Go ahead and say both. That's fine. I'm going to say both. Does Dylan uh, want to change his answer now that, now that he knows that's an option? No, it's not worth any points there. That's not the side of the field. That's going to matter in this match, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, Brad. I, I'm going to just stick with a, a Coley here. I put my foot in my mouth. If I changed my answer based on what I said. And one of our listeners, BA County, is saying Ugo with, uh, what is that, four exclamation marks? Good Am county. I counting right? Candy yeah. math on this podcast. Everyone. I can, yes. Yes. Um, so let's, <laughs> let's get to our predictions. We're going to go reverse order from what our sheet says. So uh, I know Brad is always complaining that Dylan's scoring his or stealing his answers, I believe, or someone steals someone answers. Alan steals answers. I don't know who steals answers or, or predictions. But I'm going to go first on this. I'm going to say 2-1 Orange County. Uh, let's go to Dylan. One one. One one a draw for Orange County and El Paso. Brad. Uh I'm gonna go the unpopular route uh one two. Um El Paso. Ooh. And Alan, what's your prediction? I th- oof, uh, I think oh. uh, mm. <laughs> Does Brew want to predict, I think? It sounds yeah, like Brew's he wants trying to, to predict. Uh, Count the say, barks. I'm going to say zero one. I think Brew thinks there's going to be three goals. I heard three barks there. Uh, you say zero one. Yeah. So we've got we've got Alan and Brad both uh, agreeing that El Paso is going to win this match. Dylan thinks it's going to be drawn. I'm the only one that's uh, thinking positive thoughts here for Orange County in this match with a two one victory. Uh, you look at the uh, standings. This is an important match for Orange County. They are currently sitting second in the table, which is nice, but they. Um, what is it? Tacoma has three games in hand on orange County at this point. They're only three points behind. So Tacoma's got all the power when it comes to the, the uh, matchups between orange County, San Diego and Sacramento. I mean, they, they control the destiny there uh, with that. And uh, again, San Diego's even with orange County with 30 points, Sacramento's at 22. So they're struggling to keep up, but yeah, I, I think you want, although orange County has been difficult at home uh, or has, has struggled at home, uh, you still want that home match, at least in the first round of the playoffs. You don't want to go on the road against an El Paso or even a Colorado Springs in that first round. So you're you're definitely aiming for the second. This will be a big result if they can get it. Whew. Anything else we have USL or just soccer related that we want to discuss before we wrap things up? And we actually filled a good hour thanks to a 20-minute talk on uh, last line of defense or what is it? Denial of a goal-scoring opportunity or whatever the legal term is for that. I believe um, I Dylan, I'll go to you first. Any any soccer, other soccer stuff you want to discuss? No. There's probably something, but at this point, I've forgotten. All right. Alan, how about you? Any other soccer stuff you want to discuss? Uh, there's some pretty fun matchups in the rest of the USL. I think uh, Oakland's traveling to Tampa Bay, so that should be a pretty fun one. Um I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, the Pacific does this weekend. I know Phoenix has been a little bit hot and cold lately, uh, and they get Tacoma at uh, in Tacoma. So Tacoma's undefeated at home, so that might be another fun matchup. So uh, there's a lot of uh, – I know uh, Orange County plays on Friday, so there's a lot of fun soccer to watch Saturday and Sunday. So uh, those are what I'm looking forward to, is seeing Pacific playoff Pacific teams beating each other up and hopefully dropping points. So let me ask you really quick, Alan, because uh, you you know you're both an Orange County and a San Diego follower. Who are you rooting for, Phoenix or Tacoma? And and I ask that because typically for Orange County and San Diego, Phoenix is the enemy. But I think most Orange County and San Diego fans are going to be 
rooting for Phoenix in this match because I think no one has realistic thoughts of catching Phoenix in the table and you want to keep Tacoma away, right? Yeah, I think like in your heart you want to dislike Phoenix, but like if you're looking at what's best for your team moving forward, um I, I think you you you're not catching Phoenix at this point. Uh so you want to make getting into the playoffs easier. And so that's why I said with like Orange County and Phoenix, like Orange County was looking pretty good. It's like if Orange County just beats everybody, I'm kind of happy with that because that means it's a better chance of us making the playoffs down here in San Diego, but especially with Phoenix. Like Phoenix can make Tacoma drop some points at home and maybe lose that invincibility. Uh, I'm all for that. But really, I want it to be like a like a one one draw or something like that where they both drop points because that would be pretty sick, too. Brad, any soccer stuff from you before we move on to our random thoughts? Yeah, um, right now, most of Europe is starting to go into their uh, their international breaks, you know, with World Cup qualification. Um, the one country that kind of, or the one league that kind of is uh, having a hard time deciding what to do based on uh, current travel restrictions is uh, England teams. I'm, I was going to say the Premier League, but... There's also players from other teams. I think Jamaica has a Luton Town player that uh, Dylan probably knows real well. Um, oh, he chats with him all the time. Yeah, yeah, we're besties. They DM on Snapchat all the time. Um, but at what point, you know, do clubs get to say? And for the most part, a lot of clubs are saying, "Hey, you're not going to go to this game because if you know to your international team and play for your country." Um, because if you do, we're going to lose you for two weeks, and we can't lose you for two weeks. So you have players like Richarlson that are that are in uh, that want to play for Brazil, you know, World Cup qualification down in uh, Comnable, um, but they're being told essentially like, hey, uh, you can't go play for your for your country because if you do, we're not going to have you for two weeks. Um, at what point it's called having depth on your roster, uh, yeah. Brad, if you have depth, then you don't care. I mean, Tottenham, What's that? the, the manager for Tottenham already said, uh, Giovanni Lo Celso and, uh, was it Romero, Christian, Christian Romero, Christian Romero is going to, they're going to play for Argentina. They're going to defy the rules. So it's called having depth. I, I know Everton struggles with that type of advantage. In the, I'm, in I'm the not Premier complaining League. about Everton. I'm just trying to spark a discussion of at what point does, you know, does having your your club decide what games you can play and cannot play is like ultimately the club's paying the bills for the player. They 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 you know I mean they don't want their investment to negatively impact. But I I, I get what you're trying to say, Brad. It's it's a very delicate situation balancing act there. Like when should the club say you can't do it? And when should they let you have that pride of representing your country? Right. A happy player produces more goals, right? <laughs> Even yeah, goalkeepers, because I don't think that's what you want. Hey, we've seen goalkeepers score goals with some amazing kicks at some point. So, Tim um, Howard, <laughs> um, let's go to let's get to our random stuff here. Our random thoughts for the night. Really quick before we do that, Dylan, we have a, a question that came through on the chats, and we're going to ask it specifically to you. This is from BA County. Yeah. What is your favorite fruit, and how do you like to prepare it, Dylan? Avocado. Um... On toast. Oh, you millennium. Um, <laughs> with an egg on top and then a little bit of a like garlic pepper mix on all Now, of is it a vegan oh, egg or with, is it a real egg? No, it's real egg and also with Dijon mustard. Ooh. But okay. Like truth organics, Dijon mustard. Now I like have a stomachache after Dylan's avocado. Uh, egg on top. Let's go to you, Alan. What's your uh, favorite fruit and how do you prepare it? <laughs> um ooh, that's a tough one i think um avocado is always a good go-to uh sarah makes this delicious citrus and avocado salad that it's like blood orange it's grapefruit uh it's like ch- chunks of avocado with some uh, macerated onions and then you slow bake a salmon with uh blood orange and grapefruit underneath with some uh, grapefruit and uh, what is that called? Uh, the stuff on the outside, and then you uh, grate it, put it, spread it on top, and then you Ryan? slow cook it. The Ryan, there you go. The and then you break salmon <laughs> on top and put it over the salad with some nice little vinaigrette. Mm. So some grapefruit zest. 
Yes, but also like chunks of grapefruit and blood orange and chunks of avocado. No, I was just trying to figure out the stuff on the outside is the zest. Yeah, zest. There you go. Zesting. Mix it up with some spread it on top of the salmon. Yeah. It's um uh, what about you, Brad? Oh wait, Alan has one last thought. It's uh it's salt, (laughs) fat, and salt, fat, and heat. I think it's what the book's called. Salt, heat, and fat. It's one of those it's a book with those three titles. It was a Netflix show too. The recipes in there, you can thank me later. Brad, what about you? Um, I guess I have to go the simple route. Uh, I love pineapple and typically just eat it pineapple, you know, cut it into little cubes uh, and eat it like that. But grilling pineapple is also kind of fun, too. Um, but, but you know, close- the easy, you know, there's an easy way to do the pineapple is you just get the can opener, twist open the can and just eat the chunks. Ew. Ew. Um, <laughs> close second place is a uh, blood orange and a mimosa. Um, I'm going to go with a watermelon and I'm going to say, cause there's this cool recipe that I have actually haven't made in a long time. So now I'm thinking about, it, I'm going to have to do it. It's uh chop up some watermelon, some uh, red onion, some mozzarella cheese, but I use cheese sticks instead, like string cheese. And I chop that up into little like circles. Uh, you put some, um, uh, cilantro in there. You do some cucumbers in there and then you sque- uh, do some salt and squeeze some lime on it. It's really good. And I know Brad, you don't like cilantro it tastes like soap or something like that so you can take the cilantro out and it still tastes really good when you get that salt the the lime and then the mix of some onions and some cucumbers and the mozzarella cheese with the watermelon try it out sometime dylan looks like he's grossed out by that i think he was grossed out by the onion and watermelon mix well and then you really just doubled down and you said cheese sticks well mozzarella <laughs> like the the the, the string like cheese a, yeah from like a certain canadian company that sponsors Toronto FC. I'm just talking about just like string cheese and then just instead chop it up into little circles. It, it, it works out better than the shredded cheese because you actually get nice chunks of cheese instead of like just little slivers of, of shredded cheese mixed in there. And uh, <laughs> let's go. We'll, we'll let BA, uh, since BA County a- uh, asked the question, we'll go with, uh, we'll share his, his or her response. Uh, bacon wrapped pickled watermelon rind. I think the first word makes that not a fruit. But it's the rind of but watermelon. It's the preparation, it's the preparation uh, method he used. <laughs> they, hey, they use, we don't know. You know what we're gonna is do, gentlemen? Is you use bread is it, example? Is in honor of this gentleman, we're gonna we're gonna actually make that. Each of us will make that the best way we can, and we will taste it on air on a future episode. I hate pickles. And we will we will grade that recipe to say how good or how not good that was. So you're all gonna have to try and cook at some point here in the in the coming weeks. Can we modify this at all? Nope. Like, can I, can You're going to have like, to eat bacon. Can I do like a nice like pork belly? Like a nice pork belly with some like a, a watermelon steak on top with some pickled watermelon rice. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's blue cheese. You can't have, you know, it's got to be bacon and pickled watermelon rind. That's all. You could do, I'll let you do pork belly because that basically is essentially a fancy term for bacon, but you can do that. Well, we can't and I know Dylan, else. since you're like vegetarian or vegan, you could do some of that fake, you know, toe bacon or whatever bacon. you want to call it. Bacon, bacon, toe bacon, or soy bacon or whatever you want to call it. And Brad, I don't know what you guys do up in the Reno. If that sounds, I, I don't know if you guys have watermelons <laughs> up there, but country uh, up here. But if you can't find watermelons, you can look for like you can get some of those like watermelon candies or something like that. I don't know. I would like to dispute Brad's term that. Reno is not a foreign country. <laughs> uh, all all those in favor of Reno being a foreign country say aye. 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 Uh, we're succeeding anyways, apparently. Succeeding? You're going to be part of, uh, of Jefferson? Are you going to be part uh, of Jefferson? The state half, of Jefferson? Half of Washoe County up here would love to be part of Jefferson. The state of Jefferson, which is like, what, Northern California, South Oregon, and parts of Nevada and Idaho, maybe? I don't know. And not really Nevada, but maybe Idaho. I love potatoes. Okay. <laughs> oh, and look at we got another eye. We got a we got a, a fourth eye from BA County. So you Reno's got to officially become its own country at this point. Um, really quick before we end things up, we're still under an hour because we got off to a little bit of a late start. I'm going to give each of you a chance to uh, give one last thought, Dylan. Just what what is it? is this random thoughts? Literature. Just one last thought. Yeah, random thought. Yeah, we oh, didn't do we random didn't thoughts. Do yeah, go random thoughts. Sorry, throwing me off. Um, what a strange transfer window in in the Europe 
uh, in the in Europe. Europe. In the Europe, yeah. Everyone makes fun of the way I pronunciate things, but Dylan says the pronunciate, Europe. Pronunciate, yeah, because it's pronunciate. Um, I mean, what we've got Messi switching clubs. Um, we've got someone staying I, home. Yeah, sure. Um, the face of an entire country making a fool of himself um, and staying home. We've what do you mean making a fool of himself? What do you mean making a fool of himself? Fifty mil a year. I'm not going to come back and play, but actually, I'm going to come back. Sorry. Well, dude, if Man City doesn't want to offer enough money that it, what what he's worth, and we're not going to sell him. If Jack Grealish is worth a hundred million, Kane is not worth a hundred million. He's worth more than a hundred million. So, Man City didn't want to pay that, so he's staying. So he's one of our own. He's staying at Tottenham, and Tottenham actually got better. And oh, by the way, check it up really quick. Look it up really quick, Dylan. Who's top of the table in the Premier League right now? Look it Someone's up, Dylan. Look it up. Real defensive here yeah. after three games. No, I'm, I look it up. Dylan, wait, can you can can you confirm who's top of the yeah, table, Dylan? I'm in the Premier League, Tottenham. But is that because Kane's played every minute? No, oh, he didn't play the so first match. They beat Man really City. About him at all? No, but it's it's been a weird, weird um, little bit. I mean, Mbappe turning down like 50 mil a year because he's desperate to get uh, to Madrid. Um, yeah, can we not talk EPL? That's a fair bet. That's why I was just keeping. You're it the one that brought it up, Dylan. I was keeping it to the continent. I said, oh, "Wait, you, you brought up the year." One more, one more the name. Europe. Ronaldo, Ronaldo's back at uh, Man U. Yeah, we don't like talking about. Wait, no, we can't talk about EPL. We can't talk about EPL. Um, yeah, just a. It's a crazy. Liverpool side back to Atletico, I think. Yeah, Atleti at the very last minute. Um, it's been a crazy. Tape. Well, it's been a crazy transfer window at the top, and I'm curious to see. What's going to happen at the end of this year? Can I just it's interesting because those th- those that had money or those that were in a financially good situation were able to poach some of these players from these other teams, especially a lot of teams in Italy lost some players because of their financial woes. And then, of course, everyone ha- at this point knows about Barcelona and their crazy financial woes and, and just trying to sell off as many players as they can to stay afloat. Uh, Alan, your random thought... And I'm it sorry, can't be I, EPL related, apparently. I fell asleep. Uh, I was going to say, oh, ask come your, on, Liverpool fan. You didn't fall I was, asleep. I was going to say, ask your local Chelsea fan to, dis, to find <laughs> a red card in the box. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, uh, I know it's Beer Fest this weekend on a Friday night. Uh, just be safe. Um, I, I went out to a watch party, and there were some pretty smash people who were being total a holes. Um, so. Uh, just make sure you're being safe. Uh, if you're drinking, make sure you have a ride home because uh, we want to make sure you're safe to come out for the next home match because they're going to be really four really big ones, as Ray said. Uh, so we want to see you out at more than just Beer Fest. Um, so be safe, imbibe carefully, uh, enjoy your weekend. Brad, random thought? Well, today was the last day of the United States having active duty personnel in Afghanistan. Uh, I'm not going to say anything political about it. I just wanted to say it and say, wow, it's been a while. You know, almost my whole well, lifetime. Like 20 years or something, right? Yeah, 20 years. That's that's literally all I had to say about it. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I'm going to just totally switch topics here. And I'm going to say, uh, and I'm only going to say this because I know not too many people actually listen to us at this point of the, the podcast. They've stopped listening by now. So I feel safe to say this. Um, I took the boy well my wife and i took our boys to knott's berry farm uh on sunday and we've learned sunday mornings at knott's berry farm are actually pretty nice we were there for only about two hours and we got on like eight rides and there was like no crowds around us so it was nice once it starts getting busy at any place we go out we leave but it was actually pretty nice and we got to go on uh we took the boys on log ride uh calico mine ride uh calico river rapids pony express uh, a few of those carny rides that they have, uh, Jaguar, Jag, Jaguar, Jaguar, whatever, however you pronounce that in whatever way you'd say that. But um, first time in a long time we've gone to Knott's. We went one other time recently because we bought some annual passes, but I used to work there a long time ago and I really haven't been there since. So it was pretty cool. It was fun. And Dylan was pointing up like he wanted to say something about us going to Knott's. Yeah, I mean, why would anyone want to be there if you're there? That, hey, great. Hey, say it, Dylan, loud and clear. If I'm there, you don't want to be there. 
Um, but we also paid for that like $35 like drink pass where you, every 15 minutes you can get a drink. My only concern or quip with it is they give you like one of those small little uh, disposable cups. Every 15 minutes you get a drink. So there's a lot of trash going into the ground. Um, I don't like that. I'd rather them give you some sort of reusable plastic cup for that. But apparently that costs more. So to be, this, I don't know. Is this like vodka? Like am I getting like. No, no, no. It's sodas. It's sodas. A vodka every. What's, no, it's what's sodas. Their, I wish it was. I wish it was alcohol, but it's just sodas for thirty-five bucks for the entire span of our our annual pass. Yeah, but again, this, every this fifteen Sunday minutes, morning. I'm throwing away a little small cup of Coke. I'm sm- throwing that cup away, and I I feel really bad when I do that. Uh, but yeah. But yeah, what's their hard liquor policy? Because the next, you know, maybe I'm a little bored on Sunday and I didn't drink enough on Friday night, and I just feel come like jump I'm over there with us. You want to come hang out with us? Absolutely smashed at Knott's Perry Farm. They do have beer. I don't know if they have hard liquor. I do know they have beer, so you can get beer while you're there. I don't know if they have the hard liquor. But they have a TGA Fridays right across the street. Boom. I'm taking flask recommendations, everyone. Please, uh, you can email me at dylan at ocsepodcast.com. That's where the chaperones eat lunch when we used to go to Knott's Prairie Farm for the eighth grade trip. We dropped the kids off and headed to TGA Fridays. No alcohol, (laughs) but we know that it's there. Yeah, right, Alan. No alcohol. Um, well, let's wrap things up because we actually got over an hour with this episode now with all that stuff we were talking about. For Dylan, for Alan, and Brad, I am Ray. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out. Oh,